Rebel Nation, it's time for the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline with Yancey Porter, Gary Darby, and Gordon Ford. Corral fakes left, goes right himself, he's to the end zone, touchdown Ole Miss! Giving you the lowdown on the mighty Rebels for the past 25 years. Near side, there's a pitch, it's on the turf, and the Rebels recover it! Make your voice heard, be part of the show by texting 662-426-1093. Touchdown! John Rice Plumley faked it to Connor off the left side, kept it around the end, and takes it to the powder blue house. 662-426-1093. And here it is. We're underway in the Sugar Bowl. And here's your host, Gary Darby. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Before we get going, my friends, I'd like for you to listen to this. Arkansas can win it if they convert on the two-point conversion. If they fail, the Rebels win it. They're going to put four receivers in a diamond formation to the left. Jefferson is in the backfield by himself. Two-point conversion. Now they're going to flip-flop and move receivers around. Two to the right. They bring back to the backfield Johnson. Jefferson on the snap. There it is. Wants to run to his right. Looking to throw. He's hit. Throws back in the end zone. It's incomplete. The Rebels win. 52-51. What a football game. Yes, indeed, David. Kellum, what a football game it was. We thank the Ole Miss Radio Network for a little audio there as Ole Miss came away. Yancey Porter with a 52-51 win over Arkansas. Hey, just another Ole Miss-Arkansas game. That's right. It's the way it's been, right? Year after year, it seems like Arkansas has been able to come in and put the wrench in things occasionally. Ole Miss found a way to win. Gordon Ford, how you doing behind I'm all doing those computers? wonderful, man. I'm just, uh, I was just amazed myself. I mean, they went for two and threw the ball over the guy's head, and everybody was happy. I was just happy they did not run the ball. Yeah, it was too. True. They ran a similar play that they had scored on before. Yeah, but they did. instead of and and again, I don't know if he had the run pass option. Sure. But when you had that load of a quarterback, my goodness. Well, the run was not there. It was not. The pressure came up the middle, forced him over there to the right. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, they they ran that same play, got an easy touchdown there. But Otis Reese actually wrapped him up there at the line of scrimmage, which is totally legal within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and they guarded him very tightly, and he basically just threw up a, a prayer in the corner of the end zone, hoping somebody would come down with it or get a pass interference. Let me tell you what's coming up on tonight's version of the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. In the next segment of Terry's Corner, we will talk with the analyst of the Ole Radio Network, Harry Harrison, and I want to thank some of you for early, early, early in the day who have sent some questions to Harry, in fact, on the text message line. Yeah. So, so for those of you two who can't see the computer screen, my two questions to Harry will come from the listeners. I'm going to cheat in uh, in today's show, but we have that coming up. We'll get to some of your questions as well in our text message segment presented by Cannon Cleary McGraw. We'll have the Red Rebel Injury Report coming up as well. And then we've got Ryan Callahan from Go Falls. Uh, Go Vols 247. We'll talk with Ryan in our game day outlook. We'll get the recruiting segment, the good, bad, and ugly, and all of that coming up on the program today. We also have uh, Lane's Take, brought to you by First South Farm Credit. You can call them for anything you need in that world, please. And what we're going to be talking about here quickly is a question that a lot of you have texted or are asking, and that's about changing defenses. And you <laughs> led this question, correct? Yeah. 
And and how did you put? I didn't have. How did you put the question exactly? Well, just you know, the three two six uh, one. Do we have? The, does Ole Miss have the personnel with the nose guard in a in a three man front? You need a big man eater to take up at least two blocks there. And you know, Ole Miss is going two eighty two ninety there on the defensive tackle and uh, excuse me, the nose guard. And the second question, you know. Will Ole Miss decide to become multiple? Can they switch out of the three two six if it's not working and go to a four three three four, uh, four two five or or three three five? However, you want to shake it and roll the dice. There uh, being multiple is very important um, for any defense, especially one that is struggling. And so here was Lane's answer to that question. Sure, we can do that. Um, yeah, ten games to watch last year of us doing it. So um, <laughs> we saw how that worked, but we made a change. And that's a very fair question because when it doesn't work, people are just like four downs. So, um, you know, we made a change to it. We know it works. We've seen it work for us. We've definitely seen it work for other people. I mean, Arkansas coming in the last week has given up for us, whatever, 17 points a game and 270 yards or something. So, you know, it works when you do it right. But you got to get off the field on third down. we got to play more players and we got to tackle. You know, it doesn't matter – same as last year, we're in a different scheme, but if we don't tackle, it don't matter where the people are, and that showed up. It did, and I think we have seen it with Arkansas, right? I mean, in, in Ole Miss attacking a three-two-six, they changed things to run the football against the Razorbacks. We saw different teams all throughout this year, whether it was Alabama, whether it was Georgia, whether it's anybody, they have tried to go to the groundwork more to try and hopefully get you know, the defense out of that three two six. But if you've got a scheme, you've got a scheme, and right now that's what's going on. Yeah, and I think what Lane's saying is we saw that last year when we did become multiple right. and we were giving up multiple <laughs> chunk plays. And so, you know, it's a it's a slow death cut um, versus giving up a lot of chunk plays. The the theory behind that is is that it's harder to score when you gotta go ten, twelve plays, maybe get some penalties, maybe a turnover. Um, then giving up chunk plays and easy touchdowns. So they're just going to say until we get the personnel we need on, on defense that we'd rather make them earn it than give up chunk plays. And I think we're going to see another high-scoring game coming up in uh, a couple of days with Ole Miss and Tennessee. Uh, I mean, how, how could you not imagine right. that? They've scored 28 points in the first quarter in both their SEC games, and so we've got that going on as well. Ole Miss and Tennessee coming up at 6.30 on Saturday. Harry Harrison joins us on the other side of the break. It's the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Cannon Motors is excited to be celebrating... 65 years of serving you and your family. From the time my dad started Cannon Motors in 1957, our goal has been to provide you with the best customer experience possible. Allow us to continue to serve you by contacting Cannon Chevrolet of Oxford to bring home a new Tahoe or Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. What does the farm mean to you? Maybe it's a piece of land for production, crops, or cattle. Or maybe the farm is just a place you can go to relax or enjoy the outdoors. Whatever the farm means to you, First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. We've been financing farms and land since 1916 with competitive rates and flexible terms. For more information, go to FirstSouthLand.com. 
Equal housing lender. Cannon Cleary McGraw is ranked Oxford's number one real estate firm because of fans like you. The agents of Cannon Cleary McGraw are true experts in their field, and it shows with hundreds of five-star reviews and unwavering commitment to their clients. Cannon Cleary McGraw experts specialize in game day condos, seasonal townhomes, and high-end single-family homes. If you are on the sidelines and ready to get in the game, give a Cannon Cleary McGraw agent a call today at 662-371-1000. Tilt the odds in your favor of getting what you want with the best service in Oxford at Cannon Cleary McGraw real estate. If you're in the market for a fine piece of jewelry, there's only one name to know. Van Atkins. Serving its customers since 1939, Van Atkins has been voted the best estate jeweler in Mississippi multiple times. With great locations to serve you in historic downtown New Albany and on the square in Oxford, Van Atkins is the place to go. Whether it's a piece for yourself or for that special someone, Van Atkins is the easy decision. And like Chuck always says, you know she's worth it. You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors. Now your hosts, Yancey, Gary, and Gordon. Harry's Corner is brought to you by Hammerhead Armor. Hammerhead makes world-class aftermarket automotive bumpers right here in Mississippi. Based in Bay Springs, Hammerhead's CEO is Jamie Holder, a 1985 graduate of Ole Miss and former captain of the Rebel football team. Hammerhead bumpers fits most models and are designed from the ground up with both style and strength in mind. So when it comes to bumpers, the name to know is Hammerhead. You can visit their website at hammerheadarmor.com or visit 24-7 Sports for the Rebel Yell Hotline Rewind, powered by Hammerhead Armor. Also, don't forget to use the code Rebel Yell for an additional 10% off. Again, that is Hammerhead Armor for your truck's bumper needs. Made in Mississippi by Mississippians. Ten minutes after six means Harry Harrison's on the phone lines with us. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How about y'all? We are doing good. good. Listen, uh, I'm cheating a little bit with the first question. It actually comes from a text message from the Nashville zip code uh, that wants you to address the change, uh, and we talked a little bit about it in the opening segment, uh, from the three-down defensive line to four players, is that easy to change at this point? What would be your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, if you look at the lineup card, we actually list a, a second defensive tackle, but we, we, don't, we don't ever play that. I, I, what I think would be easy to do and I'm not a coach, okay? So let me let me go ahead and clarify on that. I, I'm just I'm just talking about it. That's all it is. But I would think we could plug in another defensive end and have a stand up rush in on that weak side, a guy like Sam Williams. And you see that you saw that Saturday night with Kentucky and LSU. But uh, you know that's not what we're doing. Uh, maybe we take out a safety and bring in another outside linebacker and bring some pressure from the outside. But uh, you know, the, the point is. We just got to get pressure to the quarterback. We got to figure out a way to uh, stop the run, the, the run gaps of being so wide. And whether you do that with three down guys or four or three down and one standing, I, you know, I don't have those answers, but it can be done. Yes. Harry, you know, I asked Lane there about the personnel there at nose guard. Any three down line technique, um, defensive schematics, you've got a big man eating nose guard, and Ole Miss lacks that right now. Next year, they got one coming in. Xavion Harris uh, played against Oxford this past Friday. My goodness. Look, the help is on the way. This guy's 6'8", 360 pounds, and built like a truck. He might take a triple team, and that's why Georgia is so successful. But 
Can Ole Miss get that pressure staying in a three-down line set with Ole Miss's personnel? Well, you, you can, Yancey. Uh, Quentin Bivens, the nose tackle, had a first, first three or four games, and he, he got nicked up. I, I was out of practice one day last week, and he was not practicing. So I don't know what his issues were. If you watch the game closely, he really did not get in the mix until the fourth quarter. And uh, and then they had to go get him a couple times because of uh, cramping. So obviously he didn't get much work last week. And, and maybe in, in an emergency situation, they stuck him in. I thought he did fine when he played. But, yes, you know, Here's the issue. You got five blocking three, okay? Everybody can do the math. Everybody sitting in the stadium can do the math, obviously. So do we bring pressure with another linebacker inside guy? Do we bring guys from the outside? You got you got a mixed match, and I'm sure they're talking about that. I'm sure they've seen two weeks of that, and uh, absolutely we'll get that fixed. But, uh, yeah, they, there's other ways to bring pressure. They don't have to be from those three down linemen. Harry, Switching sides, offensively, you saw Snoop Connor get a lot more time, and it's evident. I mean, he uh, he did really well. And uh, do you think they'll keep switching him up once Ely gets back, or you know, he'll get more time? That's a great question. I thought that combination of uh, Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor was <laughs> worked very well Saturday. I mean, they're they're different. You know, Snoop's got the speed also, but Henry's also he plants that leg and and makes guys miss. I mean, it was amazing on those stretch plays. Some of the guys, the first guy up to make the tackle, did just whiffed on him. So I like that combination. Can Jerry and Ely do that? We know he can. I just don't know how you get enough touches for three guys, but that's a nice problem to have. Maybe we get Ely out in the slot or you know run some speed sweeps. I'm sure they've got. Uh, a plethora of, uh, of, of uh, run run plays for all three of those guys. But I thought the Saturday, you know, if, you, if you'd have told me coming in that we're going to run the football for 350 yards on Arkansas's defense, I, I, I might have had to guess at that. But it was uh, our offensive line guys really played well Saturday. Harry, I'm going to go back to the text message line and someone from the Houston, Texas area is asking for your expertise uh, as a safety and, and John Rice Plumley, and asking if that would enhance maybe his future potential as an NFL player or to the success of Ole Miss. Do you see his ability to move in that direction? I'm sure he's athletic enough to do it. Don't know if he played it in high school. I, I, do, I truly don't know the answer to that, but he's definitely athletic enough to do that. Uh, year, uh, two years ago when he first got here, obviously we had a different system, quarterback run option type thing, and he, he really flourished there. So uh, there was never any doubt he was going to be on the offensive side. And, of course, last year, he uh, back up quarterback, uh, bowl game out, out wide and did some good things there. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's been any thought to move. We had four really good safeties. Uh, the Springer kid's been hurt since the very opening game. Hopefully he'll be back this Saturday, but he's, he's had an injury, a nagging injury that just won't go away. And, but, you know, we've got four good guys back there. If we can get everybody back healthy on defense and get them back in the right positions, we'll be fine. But, yeah, to answer your question, I think John Rice is athletic enough to play there. Yes. Harry Gordon again, going back to defense. It was very, very hot on Saturday, and both – Arkansas's defense, which is, you know, fairly ranked, and Ole Miss's defense, um, you know, battled the heat. You know, you're going to Knoxville now, and it's going to be cool that night. Uh, you think you'll see some improvement? Because I think the heat affected both of them. 
something is any doubt. I mean, the, the, the Arkansas defense was absolutely gassed. Uh, the Rebels only ran 60 plays. Excuse me, only ran 70 plays. Arkansas ran 93. So you can understand why depth is so important for the Rebels. But uh, Saturday night should be a different animal from, from the weather situation for sure. I just think that uh, we we got to limit it. Cause we, we're getting ready to play a, a team that kind of mirrors the Rebels. They're going to try to go as fast. In fact, I was looking at some stats. We're the second fastest team in the country. They're the third fastest team in the country as far as plays per minute. So you're going to see a lot of uh, fast break football. You know, and her, Hendon Hooker is really taking over for that team as a quarterback. He didn't start out as the starter in the, in the first game or two, but he has really come into his own and has got that offense rolling, throwing it. But they run quarterback a lot, and he's 6'4", weighs 218 pounds. So we got another big quarterback to, to hit on Saturday, but he, he runs it very well. Harry, speaking of their quarterback and offense, I believe they ran for 450 against Missouri, over 330, I believe, against uh, South Carolina this past weekend, if my calculations are correct. That's close to 800 rushing yards the last two weeks. How does Ole Miss plan to attack that? <laughs> well, the last our last two games, you know, in, in the past, we've not done well stopping the run. Obviously, if it's the quarterback run, that gives you an extra guy on on offense. I mean, so normally the quarterback hands off and stands and watch, right? So now you got eleven on ten when the quarterback runs. Now you got eleven on eleven. So uh, there's got to be some great tackling. We've got to shore up those inside runs. He he runs a lot of read option. He runs a lot of outside runs. But they've got another good. They've got a good running back too. In fact, they've got two good running backs. Jabari Small, Small everybody's familiar with because his dad played here. But the yep. guy that starts for him is Tyon Evans, and uh, he's a two twenty back, five eleven, two twenty. He's running well. I don't think. I, I, I don't think that uh, Missouri and South Carolina did a really good, very good job playing defense. Uh, they threw the ball out, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of horizontal passes, and they just didn't come up and tackle well. So they got a lot of big gashing plays there. But Ole Miss's defense got to play better. There's no doubt about it, guys, or it's going to be a, another 52-51 shootout. <laughs> Harry, my man, thanks for being with us again on a Monday night. We look forward to the conversation next week after we see what happens in Knoxville. Well, just remember, it's always fun to talk regardless when it's a W. That's the truth, right? I mean, how exciting. I played the clip of Kellum to begin the program. How excited was that man and and you as well at the back end of that game? (laughs) Well, we were high-fiving. Poor Jack Gad was sitting beside me, and he got high-fived all night. But uh, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He's a big boy. He can take it. That's right. Y'all have fun. Thanks, Harry. I can't imagine what that press box was like in there. Look, I, look, I'm a small dude, right? We can all attest to that. Harry Harrison's left bruises on me through games over the years. And I, it was all because of wins, usually, unless he was mad at somebody playing defense, right? And then he'd still hit you along the way. He's, he's a violent analyst in the booth, even, even today. We kind of need him back there on the field, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'd bring the lumber. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Hey, we have several things on the text message line. We will get to that coming up in the next segment. We'll bring that to you coming up here as we get talking for a few minutes, and then we'll also get the Rebel Injury Report. We've got a few of those to get to as well. It is 662-426-1093. If you want to be a part of the program, the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. 
Oxford Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Board Certified Surgeons are specially trained for you and your family, from dad's knee replacement to your son's football injury. Leaders in orthopedic care. Oxford Orthopedic can treat any of your orthopedic needs close to home. Locations in Oxford, Batesville, Grenada, Hernando, Cleveland, Calhoun City, and Pontotoc. Official orthopedic team physicians for Ole Miss Athletics. To make an appointment, call 662-513-2000 or visit OxfordOrtho.org. Looking for the right place to get your game day colors? Rebel Rags has the largest selection of Ole Miss merchandise anywhere, including football jerseys in every size and color. Come grab them while supplies last. Rebel Rags also has game day polos, sideline gear, tailgate items, and more. Famous name brands like Nike, Under Armour, Columbia, Drake, Coliseum, Champion, and Comfort Color T-shirts. Check out Rebel Rags' new interest off Jackson Avenue with plenty of parking or shop online at rebelrags.net. Rebel Rags, owned and operated by Rebel fans for Rebel fans. Sell them, Molly. Rebel Rags, anything, everything, all. If you were exposed to Paraquat, you may be compensated. Farm workers, herbicide applicators, and other individuals with Parkinson's disease caused by Paraquat exposure may be entitled to settlement benefits and financial compensation. Farmers and agricultural workers who work directly with and around Paraquat are at the greatest risk of being exposed to Paraquat. Exposure is most likely to occur in the following ways. Mixing or loading Paraquat. Spraying Paraquat. Maintaining tanks and equipment used to spray Paraquat. Spending time in fields where Paraquat was sprayed. Products that contain Paraquat as an active ingredient may be sold under many different brand names, such as Granite Zone, Cyclone, Helmquat, and Parazone, to name a few. If you or family member have been exposed to Paraquat and developed Parkinson's disease, please call the law office of Dan Mars for free consultation at 1-800-650-2152. That's 1-800-650-2152. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next. Gary Harvey, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford in the studios here in North Mississippi talking about Ole Miss Rebel football. It's the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Ole Miss coming off the win over Arkansas, 13th ranked in the country now, 4-1 and overall, 1-1 one and one in the SEC. And they'll take on the 4-2 and two Vols, 6-30 coming up on Saturday in Knoxville. Text messages presented by Cannon Cleary McGraw. And we're going to go to Jackson. And Chet has had most of his questions, I think, answered because he wanted to get to the defense and he wanted to talk about things. But then he said he was, as in his words, I, uh, that skiffed PAT got me shook during the game. And the good thing is the kid bounced back because Costa missed the opening extra point, but he made that 50-yard field goal that turned out to be pretty humongous when it all, you know, when you had that first opening possession of the third quarter, kind of disappointed you didn't get seven and go up by ten. But the fact he hit that 50, Yancey played big as we got down to those final seconds. Huge. It it puts you up two scores for one. And then, you know, two, the Ole Miss special teams punting and field goal kicking are as good as anybody in the SEC, and that's one-third of your team, right? It's not just offense, just defense. Having an elite special teams group like that. And look, the kid is two for two now, I believe in 50 plus yarders as a true freshman. Very big. I didn't want to bring this up with Harry, uh, this text message, because when we go to Baton Rouge, 
he speaks of it often, and this is the clock issue at the end of the game, right back in the 70s when when the extra four seconds or whatever happened yeah. there. And so someone wanted us to discuss the one second left and asked, is the clock operator SECR from Ole Miss? And that I don't have that answer. I don't either. And I've replayed that in slow motion no less than five, six times last night. I charted every defensive play that Ole Miss was on the field last night in the latter hours of preparing for this show and really wanted to see that last play and when the ball went down it was on one second now would 99.99 percent of the other play clocks in the sec go down to zero yes but with instant replay you could clearly see when the ball hit the ground it was at one second and even if they would have Ticked it down to zero seconds. That ball was coming back with one second. And I think, as we all know, social media can just go bonkers. Yeah, right? yeah. They were blaming uh, the, the guy Richard Cross. Who yeah, just left the blaming studio. Richard for it. Yeah, <laughs> because he touched it with one second left. Yeah. And I mean, you know, whatever. Replay was going to take that back. You're right to one second. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Um. I know, but I'm not sure if that's an in-house clock operator or if it's a striped shirt person. Up. I've heard there. both ways, uh, and I really don't know. All right, the last one we'll get to, and then we've got to move uh, into the injury report, is why aren't we blitzing more than a few times a game? One blitz was a sack. The other was on the two-point conversion. I think it goes back to what Lane said. Um, you know, He said it without saying it. He doesn't want to give up explosive chunk plays. He wants to make them earn it. He thinks that the odds of somebody having to go 8, 12 plays and score are a lot less than somebody going 2 or 3, right? So I think that's what it comes down to. They're super aggressive on offense and super conservative on defense. I understand the frustration from the fans that are saying, hey, let's try some different things, especially after you see A&M, all the stunts they did against Bama, putting pressure on Bryce Young, how many problems he had with that defense. You know, hindsight, but, you know, I think, again, I, I think Lane still thinks there's some personnel issues, and he thinks the best way to win ball games is to make them earn it instead of, instead of give up chunk plays. All right, we got about four minutes left in uh, this portion before we talk with Ryan Callahan in uh, Knoxville and talk about that, the Rebel Injury Report from Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Yeah, you know, um, they're piling up a little bit, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's still okay. It's still doable. I've seen worse. Uh, as Tennessee, Ron Callahan, when they comes on their injury report, he would say it's much worse than Ole Miss's. Uh, two, two players that I feel very comfortable that will not play in the game is Jonathan Mingo. He had surgery last Tuesday on the ankle issue. Uh, you know, they hope to get him back by season's end. That's still not definitive if they will. Uh, but it's going to be November, late November before they get him back. Caleb Warren had an ankle injury. Um, I hear kind of like Mingo is going to be the latter towards the season uh, at earliest before they can get him in. But it surely was nice to see Cedric Melton and uh, Rhodes come in, the transfer for South Carolina, filling in that spot. I thought they did a nice job. Tariqus Tisdale was dressed in street clothes. We don't know if that was disciplinary reasons. We don't know if that was an injury. Regardless, you know, he's a big piece of that defensive line. Hopefully we'll see him back this weekend. Quentin Bivens, another guy, the nose guard that has had so much success in those first couple games. He didn't enter the game into the fourth quarter. He didn't practice last week. I think he played out of an emergency situation there. Poor 55, Katie Hill, and, you know, 97, um, Gordon, he got a lot of snaps in as well. But, you know, Quentin, I think, um, is deemed up. 
how much healthier he can come before game time, uh, I don't know, but that's big for him to get back in there. He's definitely He's definitely their best nose guard and gives Ole Miss their best chance to win in that three-man scheme. Jerry Neely, the fifth guy on the injury report here, he had a concussion in the Bama play on the kickoff return where they got called for the sparing. Um, you know, I heard he still had late uh, headaches late last week. You know, that's going to be a day-to-day this week. Just kind of see the concussion protocol, how he feels throughout the week. Casey Kelly, another big guy, you know, that you'd love to get back out there at tight end. Um, you know, he had the torn ACL, MCL, uh, from the snowboard accident past, I believe it's January, mid January after the bowl game. He continues to dress out. He's warming up. He's going full speed. I've seen him out in practice. He's not going through contact in practice that I've seen. So we'll see this week. If he goes through contact, if he goes through contact, that's another positive step to getting him back on the field. But until I see him in contact, I would guess that he's probably a no-go. And then Tyrone Malone, you know, we've seen him sparely this year. He tore his ACL last October there in New Jersey. Um, big defensive tackle. He's gotten in a few snouts, but, you know, like Casey, you want to bring those guys that have ACL injuries slowly to make sure they're 100% when they come back. Hopefully he's ready to go this weekend. Just like I said about Quentin Bivens, he can be a big-time player, and that's the big body, that nose guard that they need, and that would make a huge difference in that three-man front. Well, Lane addressed it. A lot of the guys on defense played over 70 snaps in that game on Saturday. That is a lot of football. It is. A lot, a lot of football. We're halfway done with the program. The Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline still to go. Recruiting, good, bad, and ugly. And we'll get the game day outlook brought to you by Mars, Mars, and Mars next. We're going to talk with Ryan Callahan with Go Vols 247. Thank you for all the text messages. 662-426-1093. We couldn't get to them all. We do as many as we can. And we hope you're back with us doing it next week on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Lenora's in Oxford, your go-to dinner play this season. Their daily ravioli is always amazing, and you cannot go wrong with the decadent crawfish mac and cheese. They have an excellent variety of seafood dishes, and their ribeyes and fillets are cooked to perfection every time. Have a taste of the weekend on Wine Wednesdays, too. Call for your reservation today at 662-236-1144. That's 236-1144. Located at 309 North Lamar. Great food and great vibes. It's a winning combination. Hey, cheers, and see you at Lenora's. Are you looking for a quality used car at a price fit for your budget? No Worries Automotive Group has locations in Batesville, Olive Branch, South Haven, and Memphis. No credit check, no driver's license, no worries. Every vehicle comes with a 30-month, 30,000-mile service contract. Let our friendly and knowledgeable sales staff help you find the car you deserve. Remember, we have locations in Batesville, Olive Branch, South Haven, and Memphis. Find us anytime, anywhere at NoWorriesCars.com. Rebel fans, do you have real estate questions? Coldwell Banker Signature agents have the answers. Whether you're buying or selling, let the agents at Coldwell Banker Signature give you the home field advantage. Start your search now, www.oxford38655.com, or call them directly at 662-50-38655. Also, if you're thinking about a career in real estate, give Martin a call at 662-50-38655 to learn about the opportunities available. Find your home with Coldwell Banker Signature today. 
Never miss the game and never miss the party at the Library Sports Bar in Oxford. Grab a seat and a cocktail in the sports bar to watch the game on one of their many big screen TVs. Move on into the middle bar for some great live music Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Enjoy a breeze, a beer, and a ball game out in their patio as well. Stop in for happy hour from 3 to 7 during the weekdays. Have a big old time at the biggest bar in town. Meet you at the Brary, the Library Sports Bar on South 11th in Oxford. Basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline. The Rebel Yell Hotline with Yancey, Gary, and Gordon. Now, more of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors. It is Gary Darby, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford. We've got our game day outlook brought to you by Mars, Mars, and Mars. They're your contact for serious injuries for over 30 years. Um, we had uh, Ryan's call dropped and he's getting him back on as we speak. So we're going to uh, take a, a minute or two before we get yep. Ryan back on and, and, and we'll go. Uh, lots of things have been going on and um, here we are. All right, good. I like that. You hear there the, we go. You hear the voice. I wish you could hear the voice of Rhino. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ryan Callahan, Go Vols 247. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Callahan 247. Ryan, this is Gary Darby. How you doing, sir? Hey, doing well. How are you guys? We're good. I'm going to start the first question. We'll make a little roundtable discussion with you. I want you to tell us about Hendon Hooker and the job that he has done as the volunteer quarterback since he took over in Game 2. It's really hard to overstate just how, how impressive he's been so far. Uh, and, and he's come a long way since his first game. Uh, he kind of got thrown in there halfway through Tennessee's game against Pittsburgh about a month ago. And, uh, you know, he, he looked like the favorite to win the job. It's the, his, his path uh, this year has been fascinating. He was actually recruited by former coach Jeremy Pruitt's staff right before they got fired in early January. So he comes to Tennessee in January, thinks he's playing for one staff, and then immediately has to go through a coaching change, adjusting to a new system. And, and no matter what he thought of that system, you know, probably some feeling out process there, thinking, you know, am I going to be the guy for this staff? Are they going to think I fit what they do? And so he goes through spring practice, looks like the guy, and then at the end of spring practice, Tennessee brings in Joe Milton from Michigan. And so suddenly he's not the favorite for the job anymore. Milton wins the job going into the season, and then Milton gets hurt halfway through the second game of the season. So he gets his chance after all of that. And when he came in, you know, had a couple turnovers against Pittsburgh, Tennessee loses a close game. Uh, but since then, he's, he's kind of gradually improved. The next game against Tennessee Tech, Milton's still out with an injury. He played pretty well, and then he stayed in there for the Florida game the next week. And Tennessee led Florida for about half of the second quarter of that game. The last two games, it's really the, the light has really turned on for him. He's, uh, he's put up big numbers against Missouri and South Carolina. Efficient in the passing game, that's the most impressive part. He's always been known as a runner first who happened to take good care of the ball at Virginia Tech especially. And now he's, he's putting up big numbers and being efficient, not, not throwing a lot, but when they do, he's, he's hitting his target more often than not. He's fifth in the country in pass efficiency now and first in the SEC in that category. So um, impressive, and Virginia Tech fans are looking at him now and saying, where's this guy been the last two years? Because he was solid at Virginia Tech, but not quite this good. He's really fit well in this system and done everything Tennessee's asked of him and has, a, I think, a 13-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Ron, this is Yancey Porter here with 247 Sports at the Ole Miss Spirit. If I had to name my midseason coach of the year, it would be Hypo. I mean, we're talking about a program what that lost 37 transfers 
six, seven of your signees, and not only transfers, but big-time players. I believe over a dozen are starting for Power 5 programs, including six or seven in the SEC right now. Just how has the staff been able to do what they've done this year? Well, and the transfer total was high. I think the actual total of scholarship players they lost was in the 20s when it was all said and done, but still a significant number and some really important players too, guys like Eric Gray, Wanye Morris, who were starters on that team last year. So they lost quite a bit of talent. Uh, Quavaris Crouch, a starting linebacker. It was uh, was a lot. So for them to overcome that, yeah, I don't think a lot of people were expecting much from them this year, and, and rightfully so. I think they believe in their system is first and foremost. This staff is pretty confident in what they do offensively, and, and they would say defensively too because even though Tim Banks, the defensive coordinator, is kind of the unknown of, of this staff uh, compared to the offensive side where Josh Heupel had put up big numbers at UCF, uh, they, they like to attack on defense too, and they've, they've, I would say they've overachieved on defense as much as on offense this year considering what they had coming back on that side of the ball. So give give Tim Banks and that staff on that side of the ball credit too because they've they've held South Carolina and Missouri in check until the game was essentially out of reach uh, the past two weeks and, and done a solid job in other games too. So not a world-beating defense by any means, but solid numbers, especially against the run. Um, but they're just they're, they're developing players pretty well, and then this team is really bought in. You know, sometimes you see this. We saw it in year one under Butch Jones years ago. Sometimes a coaching change can, can yield immediate results in some ways, and I think the buy-in from this team has been really strong. They've loved the culture change that they've seen under this staff, and you know, you, you never know how long that honeymoon phase will last, but it, it, it's, it's certainly uh, been impressive to see the turnaround from this team because I think in a lot of ways they are getting more out of the talent they have, and obviously that offense has worked well, um, maybe a little quicker than I expected. I thought they'd put up some points, but averaging 41.5 points per game six games into the season – I didn't quite envision that. Ryan, Gordon Ford, one of the things I've noticed is is that, you know, like you said, they had a lot of transfers, but lately they've kind of piled up some injuries. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, it just seems to be they don't have the depth because of all the losses. Yeah, and and that's a a great point because we we really weren't sure this team could endure much in the way of injuries, and that was maybe the most impressive thing about what they did Saturday is they had – several guys out for that game and some important guys and, and have, have managed to overcome that the past two weeks, but especially Saturday, they had Theo Jackson, their starting nickel, who's been their leading tackler this season. He was out for Saturday, so they had uh, Brandon Turnage, as, as you guys probably know well, an Oxford native, and, uh, and, and started his career at Alabama. He transfers in this offseason, hasn't really made much of an impact, and he gets thrown in there Saturday, plays well, and he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Week with 14 tackles and two tackles for loss, so uh, they have they have ended up having a little bit better depth probably than what we expected and may, maybe that's that goes to to credit the staff for for the player development they've had to to bring along some of these reserves that were not not previously thought uh, thought of very highly you know guys like Ollie Lane on the offensive line he stepped in there and made a couple starts and has played pretty well with Cooper Mays the starting center being banged up uh, Josh Heupel had some pretty encouraging news today. He doesn't say much at all regarding injuries. Uh, it's hard to get him to say much of anything. Uh, but while acknowledging that uh, Juwan Mitchell, starting linebacker who transferred from Texas this offseason, is out for the year after undergoing shoulder surgery, he said otherwise the guys who were out last week, he expects the vast majority of them to at least have a chance of playing in this game. So they should be noticeably healthier than the past two weeks. That was certainly their hope by sitting out guys like Cooper Mays the past two games. So we'll see if that's the case. They've still got some guys on the fence, but I think you'll at least see a healthier, maybe closer to full-strength team this week. 
Ryan Callahan is with us with Go Vols 247 at Ryan Callahan 247 in the world of Twitter. So I, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, well, do you have your track shoes on? Because we've watched Tennessee score 28 points in the first quarter of both of their SEC games. Ole Miss has given up 94 in two games and then have been able to score uh, a little bit themselves. You ready for the big offensive explosion that's expected in Knoxville? Yeah, I, I'm fully expecting it to turn into that type of game one way or the other. But, you know, it, I, I would have thought their game against Missouri a couple weeks ago would, would have been fairly low scoring, and they go out and score 62 in that one. So sometimes football can surprise you that way. Maybe there's some way this one ends up in the uh, with the winning team in the 30s. But I, I would be a little surprised if it turned out that way. Uh, both of these teams run the ball really well. Uh, that, that, that in itself leads me to think that it's going to be pretty high scoring uh, because those, those two run offenses have been really good. And Ole Miss's run defense not statistically uh, all that all that high in the SEC rankings. So I think I think they're they're both going to have some success in the run game. And I think the biggest challenge in this game for Tennessee's defense is a, a pass rush. They've not had a great pass rush so far. And the one game where they didn't play that well on defense was against Pittsburgh and a, and a veteran quarterback in Kenny Pickett who could move around a little bit, escape the pressure, and made some plays. Uh, by buying time, and Matt Corral can certainly do that and then some. So uh, if this defense is not going to get a better pass rush Saturday night, that's the exact recipe for Corral to be able to put up some good numbers. I, I could definitely see both teams scoring 35, 40-plus in this game. I, you know, The over-under over started off at, what, 78, and it's already up to 79.5 last time I checked. I'd still take the over, honestly. I, I think these teams are going to put a lot of points. <laughs> Ron, we all know that, uh, you know, Kiffin didn't leave on the best of terms there. Uh, from an emotional standpoint, can Tennessee get an edge with that factor there? Or is that a little bit overblown? We know the crowd's going to be a little bit extra juiced up and loud with Kiffin coming back there. But from a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, do you think they're going to feel that edge? You know, I, I don't I don't think so very much. I I, I First of all, it's been 12 years since Lane Kiffin was at Tennessee, so that's fairly ancient history. And for a lot of the players who are from outside the state and even some who grew up in the state, they, they remember very little about that time, if anything. So I, I don't think that's going to make much of a difference for them, maybe for fans a little bit. But, you know, for these players, it, it's ancient history in their mind. And, and I think the, the funny thing that's happened over time, too, you know, if this had happened, if Lane Kiffin returned to Tennessee as a head coach in 2013 or 2015, it would have been a massive deal. And it would have been one of those deals where he probably needed extra security. The more time's gone on, and he's been back to Neyland Stadium now as an assistant. He's been there. He came with Alabama a couple of years ago as offensive coordinator. That was a little more wild his first time there, but because he was an assistant, probably not quite as big of a deal. But now, you know, his name came up in the last coaching search at Tennessee, and really a lot of fans would have been a, a big proponents of him coming back to Tennessee. And when you go back and dissect it, the reason they were so upset at him was because they liked him so much. They were really feeling what Lane Kiffin had brought to Tennessee in 2009 and were so hurt by someone leaving them that quickly that that was the reason for their feelings that way. So I, I think that the more time has passed, Tennessee fans actually like Lane Kiffin more than they did five or six years ago. And I don't think there's going to be so much nastiness in the stands Saturday night. So I, it'll make it a fun atmosphere. Lane Kiffin's going to have some fun this week, I would imagine. I, I certainly hope he does. Uh, to make it more fun for everybody, but I don't think it's going to be quite this uh, this nasty rivalry that, that people are envisioning. I think it's going to be a fun game. Tennessee wants to win it, obviously, but I don't think fans are, are out for blood with Lane Kiffin or anything. 
Last question here, Ron. We really, really appreciate your time. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If Tennessee is going to beat Ole Miss, what do they have to do? And on the other side of the fence, if Ole Miss is going to beat Tennessee, what do they have to do? Well, I think for starters for Tennessee, they, they've got to get a similar performance out of their defense that, they, that they've had the past couple of weeks. They, they've got to find a way to make some, obviously make some stops, but they've probably got to force a turnover or two or at least get, you know, be much more disruptive with their pass rush than they have been. Um, you know, let's face it, this game might, might come down to which team can make three or four stops throughout the game. <laughs> it, might, it might be that type of, uh, type of game. So if they, can, if they can have a similar defensive performance, they've got a chance uh, as long as Ole Miss's defense doesn't put up a little more resistance than, than we're expecting. You know, Ole Miss's defense is probably a little better than some Tennessee fans are making it out to be right now. So well, we'll see. But my, my guess is it, it depends a lot on what Tennessee defense shows up. Uh, for Ole Miss to, to win this game, I, I think they've just got to get Tennessee off their run game a little bit. I think the, the, the running game for Tennessee is kind of the, the difference maker. We've not seen Hendon Hooker go out and throw for a ton of yards and have to do that or have to bring Tennessee back by throwing. It all starts with the run game for Tennessee, and there have been a couple games where they've not run it quite as well. They, they didn't win against Pittsburgh or Florida because they didn't have great running games in those, in those games. So I think if Ole Miss keeps Tennessee's running game in check, that's going to make it a little harder for Tennessee to keep up in a game where Hooker maybe has to throw a little bit more. Ryan, very good stuff. The last time these two teams met in Knoxville was 11 years ago. I was handling the pregame uh, and the halftime and the postgame and doing a lot of things on the Ole Miss Radio Network. Now, while I love Calhoun's on the River in Knoxville, the pregame show went okay because we did it from location there. The problem when you're doing a postgame show and your team loses 52-14 to 14 at a great restaurant <laughs> in another city, uh, <laughs> that didn't go over so well, I think, for some of the patrons there. Uh, so, Hopefully, the guys doing all the shows, wherever it might be, might have a little better day uh, there. But uh, a great place, obviously, in Knoxville. It's It's been a few minutes since the Rebel fans have been up that way. It has. and We enjoyed the trip to Oxford in 2014. That was actually my first time there. Uh, that, that game didn't go very well for Tennessee either. So uh, <laughs> if, if, if word hasn't, hasn't passed, uh, passed around down there just yet, Tennessee has just announced earlier that it's planning to checker Nealon with the orange and white checkerboard in the crowd, uh, partly because this is their first sellout now in more than four years. So fans are pretty wow. amped up for this game. I think it's going to be a fun environment Saturday night. Looking forward to it. Thanks for spending a little time with us tonight. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, Ryan Callahan with us with Go Vols 247. I remember uh, Brett Norsworthy and I were doing the pregame, the halftime, and the postgame. And so, have you been to Knoxville before? Yeah, I have. And have you eaten at Calhoun's on the river? I have not, yeah. but I've sat up on the very top row of that stadium. <laughs> it's the right. only place that feels scarier than sitting on the top row of LSU. So, you know, the pregame show was fine. Everything's good. People were in a good mood and whatnot. They were still in a good mood, but when you were trying to, you know, talk about an Ole Miss game and get everything in, and remember that was Derek Dooley's first year uh, in Knoxville, and and they put it on the Rebels, fifty-two to fourteen. It wasn't the easiest of post games to try and do uh, when, when you lose one, fifty-two fourteen like that. I think he brings up some good points uh, when we're talking about the run game. I mean, I, every time. People talk about it, and we have as well. Lane says, you know, I mean, last year led the SEC right in running throughout a lot of it, the Ole Miss offense. And if you look, Heupel's is, is, is a lot the same because when you look at things, both of them are running the football for over 250 yards a game, 253.7 for Tennessee, 
259.6 for Ole Miss. I mean, yes, they throw the football. It's fast-paced, but it's fast-paced to help that running game, too. Yeah, I mean, I think the two keys for the game, in my eyes, is can't be worse than minus one in the turnover ratio. I mean, you can't go perfect every game like Ole Miss seems to be doing. And then the second is they need five stops. They got two punts against Arkansas. Uh, one field goal attempt that was missed and a turnover. So that was four. They need one extra one against Arkansas, assuming they're not more than minus one in the turnover margin. They're good. Look, Tennessee's going to get their yards. This, uh, I, I think Ole Miss is going to play better defensively, but just to uh, come to the belief, they're just going to come up there and, and look like a total defense next week is not realistic. You know, Jeff Levy also was an assistant under Heupel, so I'm sure they'll be pretty familiar with each other when they play, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, I think, truthfully, I just really believe the Rebels have better players than they do and are going to go in there and win. No, I mean, they should. You yeah. heard him say, uh, you know, they had upper 20 transfers, um, you know, almost half of their blue chip signees uh, opt out. You know, they're, they're, they shouldn't be as talented as Ole Miss. And, and look, they don't have Matt Crowell. They don't. And another thing, you watch their games. I mean, you know, they've got special teams plays. They've blown Missouri and South Carolina out, who, who aren't two very good teams. I think Ole Miss is going to be a big test for them, and we'll just have to see what happens. But I just, at the end of the day, I think having better players wins out. It, it, it should, but look, when your defense is struggling like they have these past two weeks, it's hard to win on the road in the SEC. I don't even care if you're playing Vandy. That's correct. That's correct. And, look, you mentioned the turnovers. I mean, they have had defensive scores that have helped them to this early That's start That's to right. get them out and going. They That's are right. on the plus side of turnovers to the themselves. That's right. And they've done a really good job of that. Can't fall into that, you know, and, and Ole Miss put the ball on the turf or throw some picks. Uh, of course, we haven't seen very many from either of these quarterbacks, both of them that will play yep. on Saturday. All right, thanks to Ryan for being on our program again. Coming up next, we'll finish it all up for you with the Red and Blue Chips recruiting segment, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, on this Monday. The Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline for your October 11th. Adam Matthews, one of our local finest, is providing some of the best food in town. Some of those places include the Alligator Lounge, located at the Oxford Commons, King Steakhouse off of College Hills Road, and they have recently joined with Rebel Barn for the catered service of the best barbecue in town. Please get your reservations ASAP. That's at 662-638-3933. 662-638-3933. Cheney's Pharmacy is Oxford's oldest pharmacy with the newest ideas. Cheney's has COVID-19 vaccines, the flu vaccine, and B12 shots to keep your immune system strong. At Cheney's, we also have things for bath and body, home decor, and parties. You can treat yourself to our TCBY yogurt or ugly mug coffee. Our two-lane drive-thru is open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday, and home delivery is available. Service you deserve from the pharmacy you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, located at 501 Bramlett Boulevard or call 234-7221. Big Delta Power Sports on Cracker Barrel Drive in Batesville celebrates 20 years in business this year. Check out the great selection now of major brands like Honda, Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha, and Kawasaki featuring the most fun off the road and on the road. 
motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Zero-turn mowers. Plus, you'll find generators by Honda and Polaris. And Big Delta is your steel power equipment dealer. Celebrating 20 years in business, whether it's work or play, Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Joystick Restaurant Arcade, Oxford's newest place to eat, drink, and play is excited to say that we are now open for lunch. Starting at 11 a.m., seven days a week, we are now open for lunch. And yes, we have the burgers. Yes, we have the wings. But have you heard about them awesome carne asada fries, steak and shrimp fries, or the awesome fajita fries that everyone has been raving about? If not, you need to get the joysticks, man. Call 380-5249 or come see us at 1801 Jackson Avenue West, right across the street from Dairy Queen. Presented by Cannon Motors. Coming up next. Please take me back home to Mississippi. Indeed, as we finish up today's program, we've got some things to get into. Our recruiting segment, the Red and Blue Chips. It's presented by Oxford Ortho. Here's the man, Yancey Porter. Yeah, you know, first... Uh, a- Five official visits for the Rebels this weekend. Start off with four-star Taylor Groves out of East Robertson, Tennessee. Ole Miss commitment was in, reaffirmed that commitment. Maybe one of the more important recruits on Ole Miss's board is Jaron Willis out of uh, Lee County in Lesburg, Georgia. He's committed to Georgia Tech right now. He has a couple teammates on Ole Miss's team that went to his school uh, there at Lee County. One is Otis Reese, who he plays the same position. Another is Mark Robinson, who is his cousin. So that is an inside avenue that Ole Miss has right there. He's a December signee. He said he'll return to Ole Miss one more time. He wants to look at the journalism slash broadcasting school. So that's a good sign. Uh, Jalen White, uh, another safety out of Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, is committed to Ole Miss. Big 6'3", 6'4", 205-pound safety, can really run. Uh, Quavion Carter, Jaron Willis's teammate, he's a 6'4", 205 safety. He's committed to Michigan State. He also goes to Lee County, Georgia. And then quarterback Devin Brown, one of the top 100 recruits there out of Utah. Um, he was in this weekend unofficially. Uh, another five-star quarterback, uh, Nicholas Lemke. He is from California. He came in with a host of other players from California, a four-star wide receiver in the 24 class. And Jack Ressler, a four-star quarterback, another one out of Cali in the 24 class. That is Jack's teammate. And Elijah Brown, a four-star receiver out of Michigan, was in. And Simej Morgan, a four-star tight end out of Sewanee, Georgia, was also in. And Ethan Davis, and then a three-star running back out of the state of Alabama, was in. His name is Drew Pickett. Came to the camp this past summer. Looked really, really good. Another guy that can stick their foot in the ground. And then finally, uh, 2023 offensive tackle, Wilkin Formby out of Tuscaloosa, out of Alabama, 6'8", about 295. He's been in Ole Miss multiple times. Uh, it's becoming one of the hot commodities throughout the southeast. That is your red and blue chips update and now as we get into it the good the bad and the ugly it's sponsored by our good friends over at big delta power sports in batesville mississippi yeah you know let's start with the good um schematically we talked a lot defensively but let's talk about offensively you know i saw sam Pittman and the youtube and he said that this was the first time he had watched any uh, Lane Kiffin offense come up with the blocking schemes they did in the second half. Lane has said he had been working against this 3-2-6. That's 
been talked about so much, uh, you know, since last summer after Arkansas disrupted that offense. They came out with a total new blocking schemes. Brilliant move, as we saw Ole Miss moved up and down. I thought, uh, you know, one of the better coaching moves I've seen at Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral, I mean, what else can we say? I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. He only threw the ball 21 times this past week. Uh, you know, threw the close 300 yards. I believe had four or five total touchdowns. And some of those runs, it's not only quickness, but he is running over people and not protecting his body for right. the NFL draft. <laughs> As we see some people, he is laying it all on the line, being a leader as any leaders. I mean, it's almost reminded me kind of like Chad Kelly, you know, a quarterback that has that dog mentality. The other one that I thinks of maybe Stuart Patridge and then, of course, Eli Manning that just really leaves it all on the line. Um I also thought um, the left guard that was being filled in for Caleb Warren, uh, Jordan Rhodes, and Cedric Melton did a really nice job. I mean, this might have been Ole Miss's best blocking uh, that they've done all season. And as we all know, uh, Caleb Warren was a big part of that blocking schemes for that front five. I thought you know those two filled in very nicely. The bad, the defense. All right. Ole Miss now sits at 105 in total defense. I believe 100 in total points given up. You know, the lack of multiple uh, schematic formations staying in that 3-2-6 without that big nose tackle until maybe Taiwan Malone comes back and he's very healthy from that ACL surgery, it just makes it really difficult. You know, uh, Lane knows way more football than I do, but you know, I would just like to see them get a little multiple, just try it out for a series or two. Go to 4-3-3-4-3-3-5, whatever you want to get into. Just just give it a try, just to try to break the momentum. These last two weeks have been crime dog bad. The ugly. Well, the ugly goes to myself. Today, uh, you know, I put up a report on Devin Brown, a uh, quote that I got from, as we call, um, you know, all of us will get somebody that people underneath us to get uh, reports from players. You get 10, 20 players coming in for a weekend. We'll ask them to get a couple quotes so we can put up a big story, kill a bunch of birds at one time. I did not confirm my quote with him, ran with it on the quote. Devin said that he did not uh, use that quote in it. And that is on me. First time that has happened in 25 years on my sloppiness. And I apologize to the Ole Miss family. And most important, to the Devin Brown and his family. That was just pure ugly. I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, uh, by the way, uh, you, you mentioned the offensive line. Nick Broker was uh, the SEC offensive lineman of the week. Oh man, did he have a game? You know, and that that just goes through and and to show and and the pieces. And it's good that we've got others that are able to step in and do that kind of stuff uh, along the way. Man, he's using all that six five three zero five. I mean, he is definitely moving and shaking people along the way. Good show, fellas. I mean, look, you said it in the break, Gordon. Right, a one hour show, a lot of content, two guests. It just goes for us. At least it does for me. Good show. It's up. done like that, right? Hey, it couldn't have gone any better. Up I think uh, I think Ryan brought a lot to the table. No doubt. Very informed. Told us uh, a lot of good stuff about Tennessee, and it's going to be a great matchup. Ole Miss and Tennessee at 6.30 coming up on Saturday. If you haven't heard, Ole Miss LSU CBS televised game at 2.30. So we'll get a little midday action. 
in Oxford coming up in another week. We'll talk about that next Monday. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Thanks for being with us today. Gary Darby saying so long. Howdy toddy. <laughs> 